welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, we're back. This is another episode of 81 Points. We're just two Asian Americans talking about the franchise that just can't stay away from the headlines. Yeah, the just, Lakers. You know, <clears throat> we always uh, we always end each podcast saying, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but there always seems to be something that's you know, there's always something to talk about every week. And lo and behold, we get together in about a you know once a week, and there's always something to talk about. You know, something did <laughs> drop today. Yeah, uh, there was an article posted on ESPN.com. By Baxter Holmes, which, by the way, you know, it's it's uh, it really shows and really lends to the the popularity of, of the Lakers is that you know we're in the midst of the NBA Finals, and yet you know you know that the article that's getting the most clicks right now has got to be you know the article about the Lakers being in complete disarray. You know, yeah, this was a pretty comprehensive overview of the state of the lakers oh uh, this thing was like you know <laughs> it was a fly on the wall kind of info you know right there was a lot of content in this article and this had been rumored to have been in the works for quite some time i don't know if you, oh this expose yeah i don't really? know really okay you saw there was a clip this was talked about a little bit the day that Magic Johnson uh, decided to quit. And he he alluded to I don't care I don't care what that article I know you guys have been working on this article for months now and I already know that it's not going to be true. Oh. So at the time of Magic I don't firing, remember I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, there somebody on Twitter uh, posted a little snippet of that impromptu press conference that magic johnson held Mm -hmm. that day he quit and he alluded to an article that was being worked on by espn uh that had been developing for months at the time and he basically said he was ready to refute what was going to be written in this article you know it explains a lot why he i mean he's essentially been in total damage control you know, this whole time. Yes. And it explains why he came out on uh, first take. It was that's, that's a show that Stephen A's on, right? Well, today he came... Yeah. He came out on first take uh, early last week. And today, I don't know if you saw, just a few hours ago, he came on uh, ESPN again. Really? Yeah. There was... There today, just a few hours ago, ESPN had this NBA Finals special preview show mm-hmm. and it was hosted by Stephen A. Smith and okay. Maddie Johnson made an appearance to respond to that the article that was posted today. Right. So before we get to that, uh, let's talk about the article. So like, okay. what, what were your main takeaways, your impressions, your believability, <clears throat> uh, how valid you think these claims were that were written in this article yeah you know well i think it's a 
in terms of how much I believe it and I, I there's nothing for me that's out there or in there in that article or out in the media that lends me to think that none of this is true. It seems all very believable, right? Wouldn't you agree? Um, it just yeah. seems very par for the course of the things that we've heard about Magic Johnson, not just during his tenure, very short tenure as a Laker executive, but over the years, you know? Um, he's a guy that's kind of lost touch with reality. Um, and he's a guy who he just, you look at the guy and you see him flash that million dollar smile and you just feel like it's just not a very genuine thing, you know? Yeah. And this article just kind of, I feel like it really, uh, affirms like a lot of the things that we've, we've assumed for a while now. So yeah, everything seemed pretty, pretty believable to me. So one of the things that stuck out for me mm-hmm. anyway was um, his alleged abuse towards Lakers staffers. And uh, I want to read a little snippet of this article um, that kind of encapsulates a lot of it. Uh, to paraphrase, it says, Johnson expressed excitement about the task ahead. They're talking about when he just got hired. But he also made clear he didn't accept excuses or mistakes and that those who weren't on board with the new management and their mission should leave, according to six staffers who were present. Pointing upstairs toward his office, Johnson drove home his point. He had a large stack of resumes sitting on his desk. (laughs) Quote, unquote, a thousand of them. Multiple staffers recall him saying, and he could replace any of them at any time. So this was one of the main um, themes of the article, I guess, was the sort of tyrannical (laughs) rule that uh, Magic Johnson tried to, you know, have during his tenure. Yeah. I I just, I, I have to ask this question because, like, it's just so crazy to me that he did all this because the guy... The guy has a billion dollar business empire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's kind of crazy to me to think that he has not picked up any like managerial or like MBA level type of like just qualities or skills. You know what I mean? To build that wealth. Because uh-huh. that just screams so just such amateur level type of type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this was one of the main. Um points from this article that Maddie Johnson came on today to address Mm -hmm. and his excuse was in my 30 plus years of being in business I've never been called into HR I've never uh, been notified by HR or had a meeting with any HR right any type of mistreatment which is that's actually a pretty valid I would say that's a very salient point it is a salient point, but as you know, you and I were we both, we both had co- corporate jobs, you know, right? And just me and my job, I know that most of the mistreatment and abuse that goes on in a corporate setting doesn't get reported to HR. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like just because there are no. Um, there are no uh, notifications or reports to an HR department doesn't mean that there isn't any mistreatment going on. Mm-hmm. 
and the fear of retaliation is a very real thing. Sure. It's something that should be heavily considered. Sure. So you take magic word, magic's words, and then you take the words of uh, some of these sources that Baxter Holmes was able to compile in his article. Yeah. And for me personally, I totally believe that. Right. It's totally believable that he was mistreating and abusing. Right. People below him. Right. You know, it just seems like the type of thing that he would do. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing is that, like, and this is, I feel like, sort of a, it's like, let's just say, if you're listening and you haven't, like, I guess had a lot of, if you haven't lived a little bit or had a lot of life experiences, if you're, like, in your early 20s or whatever, like, you're the young, young person, you know. You're about to drop some life knowledge (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, like, when you look at a guy like Maggie Johnson, and this guy is a larger than life type of figure. Um, I'm just saying that there is no way that there is a person that's like Magic Johnson that's constantly always smi- seemingly always smiling and bubbly and so charming and charismatic 100% like that is what I'm saying. And being in a position like him, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like it's just it's something to learn, you know what I mean? Is that like, you can never, you know, you can't always judge everything based off what you see, you know? Yeah, in order to like accumulate hundreds of millions of dollars and own like this many businesses, you have to be a little bit cutthroat. Yeah. In your nature. Yeah. And. Well, and I, and I guess just to add to that though, my drive home, what my, what I'm saying is that like, he's a bit of a, not a bit, but he's a. With Miguel name uh, like a total like egomaniac, you know what I mean? Like he's a he's like almost like I don't actually well I won't go as far as saying he has like some mental issue, but I'm just saying that like there's no way that a guy who presents this uh, facade be so like there's no way that that's exactly who he is. What is what I'm saying? There's no person that's hundred percent like that, you know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think like the thing with Magic Johnson is all this stuff is like is coming out because he was someone that was just woefully underqualified for his job, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is this is like a classic human nature case study to me. Yeah, it's like let's say you're in an office and there's somebody in your office that has you know, an ounce of authority. Yeah. Is kind of an authority figure in the office. The amount of times that I've seen a person with any sort of power kind of run with that and kind of think that some of the rules don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't I can't even keep track of the number of people that I've come across <laughs> in my in my adult life. And those are a like lot that. of and those are oftentimes people that are in very high positions of power. Yeah, like right. I I I'm picturing people in my head right now <laughs> as I speak. You're not imagining No, these like, are like real people, you're real not human even, beings. You're not even imagining like movie characters or fictional characters. Yeah, these are yeah. actually real life. These people. are actual people that yeah. I think uh 
feel like they can abuse some of the power that they have. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about like huge like CEOs or you know people that have like legitimate power. I'm I'm saying even those that have just a little bit more authority than the person next to them. Right. More often than not, I've seen them take advantage of that. Right. And now let's talk about Magic Johnson, who is like <laughs> a Laker legend. He's beloved by every millions. yeah every laker fan actually before he came into even i i mean i, I was i consider him the big greatest laker you know yeah. and which is arguable but it's a there's a huge uh argument there you know i consider him the greatest laker too yeah and so i mean this is a guy that kind of had a, like an impeccable resume you know successful in every turn really yeah. aside from you know some mishaps on the way with like yeah you know by the way you know with all of this happening would that ever change your opinion on calling Magic the greatest Laker? Are you able to separate? Like, are you able to separate his playing career and his? Well, it depends on what your definition. Career. Yeah, well, it depends on what your definition of greatest Laker is. You know, if, like personally, I think um, Jerry West deserves uh, mention. You know, sure. in that you know yeah. category or the pantheon of greatest lakers because yeah because of what he's done off the court um you know as a front office executive yeah so yeah if if your criteria for who are the greatest lakers and who is the greatest laker of all time uh includes like your contribution you know not just on the court then i would i, I would absolutely have to dock him you know but no i could definitely i still consider him the greatest laker you know yeah it's kind of like um people that are or are not able to separate the art from the artist you know what i mean right right like i don't know like people don't love kanye anymore or like yeah will, will refuse to listen to his music because of like his yeah. pro-trump stance or whatever but yeah i mean it's, it's used as very common thing it's very uh it's almost like a natural response it's 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 you see that everywhere i mean we just talked about you know virtually every week about one of the biggest shows of all time game of thrones finishing but you know like you still have like characters like the guy the kid who played joffrey you know he's yeah. he played his he played that role so well as a villain as a detestable villain that like you know, he's he said in interviews that people still would like hate on him in person in real life, you know? Even though he's not obviously Joffrey, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like you said, it's like it's kinda hard to separate, you know, the art from the artist, you know? Yeah. And this is a classic case of that. Yeah, so translating it to like the sports world, it's like magic did so much for the Lakers. Uh that could never be undone. But what what how he's been influencing the team over the past couple of years has you know done some damage to his legacy i would say yeah for sure especially like with this this new younger generation of <laughs> laker fan they're yeah. they're not going to look at him very favorably you know right as, as time goes on but those of us that are old enough to remember him as a player you know we still hold him in very high regard i would maybe reframe the question or the criteria like just overall contributing to winning championships mm -hmm. would you still consider magic the greatest laker 
Yeah, I don't know because he's he's contributed very little or negative, you know, in this yeah. championship run, so to speak. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so Magic Johnson, you know, he he went he uh, went on TV today and he tried to refute all the HR stuff. Um, yeah, I guess you didn't watch his little. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Yeah. So the l- let me give you <laughs> who was on the show. So the show was hosted by Stephen A. Smith. Okay. Who's like Magic Johnson's lackey, right? He's very pro Magic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think for the 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 segment of the show where he was responding to this article, it was Stephen A. Smith, Magic Johnson, and Michael Wilbon. Okay. Who's Actually, I think, I think he's very pro Magic too. Yeah, who's yeah. another friend of Magic? Yeah. So, yeah. the fact that those two guys are on that show, he had his boys out there to to defend. Was telling me that this was a, another calculated move, right. By Magic to, right. yeah, damage control, like you right. say. Which I, I just want to say also, it's hilarious that <laughs> it, this isn't like Yahoo Sports that reported this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was ESPN. It was ESPN that reported this absolutely damaging report on Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson's like, oh, you guys reported this about me? Well, I got to go on your network to like defend myself, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's such an odd thing, you know? Um, but, you know, if you watch the clip, it's yeah. like such a softball right. freaking interview. There were no hard-hitting questions. Like, right. when he said, I've never had a problem with mistreating employees and stuff like my first my first follow-up would have been so all that stuff about you yelling at luke walton like what what was going on there like right. did that happen or did that not happen right you know but there were no there were no follow-up <laughs> questions it, they just gave him a, a forum, platform a yeah. platform yeah. To, to give his response to the article so people that are like you know, because Magic is a very charismatic guy, and it's easy sure. to hear him talk. Well, I mean, depending well, on who you are. I will say, I feel like he's not as charismatic as he used to be. I feel like that shine is like, the the potion, his little, you know, aura that he has. Yeah. It, it's it's dimmed quite a bit. Well, I, I'm the one that, you know, labeled him Mr. Analog in today's digital world. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was alluding yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But there are still a lot of people that are like right that love magic. Sure. And if they heard his response today on TV, they would be like, "See?" Right. You know, they they would be back on the magic train, but I just want people out there to be like thinking about the setting and taking in the bigger picture of what's going on, you know. He's strictly there just to like cover his ass basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and you you uh, you mentioned him a little bit just now, but this whole thing, I have actually felt, I felt bad for Luke Walton. He comes out looking like a good guy in this article. Yeah, I mean, he does have his whole set of issues, yeah. personal issues to yeah. deal with. But in terms of like his tenure as a Lakers coach, yeah. I mean, we we said it, you know, right when even before he got fired, is that he wasn't given a fair shake. You know that one of the things that Magic did say, because Michael Wilbon asked him a question, it's like, "You've been successful in so many businesses. Uh, 
but yet you know your your time with the Lakers wasn't obviously wasn't as successful. So if there was anything you know that you might have, what what would you have changed if anything? And he did say like he want he would have like tried to hire his own guys from the start. So it's kind of like as soon as as soon as Genie Bus hired Magic Johnson, uh, that was kind of it for Luke Walton. You know his right. days were numbered from that day on. You right. Know? Um, another interesting thing that came out of this article was, um, <laughs> so I know, uh, you're a big movie guy, right? Yeah. And, uh, I would go as far as to guess that one of your favorite movies that have come out in the past 15 to 20 years was, uh, The Dark Knight. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, we're, sure. we're we're both big Christopher Nolan yeah, fans yeah, here. Yeah, 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 and I think um, you know, Dark Knight is uh, is at the top of many many people's lists. Yeah, in the past, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons why it's it was such a critically acclaimed movie was the performance of Heath Ledger, who played <laughs> the Joker. Right, yeah. awesome performance. You know, yeah. uh, one for the ages, and one guy who really. Uh, seemed to uh, gravitate towards that performance was Kobe Bryant. Allegedly. Yeah. And so it was revealed today in this article that, uh, you know, Rob's little... There was this clip that uh, was publicized by the Lakers uh, many months ago about The Rock coming to speak to the team. And before The Rock, uh, as Rob was introducing The Rock to the players, he had to just throw this story out because we know how much Rob loves telling stories. He did have to Stoner tell Stoner Rob. Stoner Rob. He did have to tell a story about how Kobe was just so enthralled by Heath Ledger's performance that he had to ask Rob to set up a dinner meeting with with Heath Ledger to pick his brain about how he was so locked into his role as a Joker. Well, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was a little bit of uh, detective work that, was, that was that was done there, and it was revealed that um, you know, for FYI, for everyone out there, Heath Ledger did pass away before the movie was released, and so I mean, this is not this is like everybody knows this. This is yeah, but we're just connecting the dots yeah. here, it, you yeah. know, because Rob at at the time when he when this clip was released, there was no. You know, he he told the story and no one really no thought one really twice about, eye, yeah. Yeah. about the timeline, you know. Uh-huh. But it was revealed that, yeah, Heath Ledger passed away before the movie came out. So either Kobe got a super advanced screening of the Which movie, is impossible because Christopher Nolan just doesn't really do something like that. Or... He was lying out of his ass. He was lying out of his ass. So I'm pretty sure that Rob was lying out of his ass. <laughs> yeah, because it's in, in line with... It's it's come to light that this is just sort of his mo. He just lies, you know. He speaks out both sides of his, of his mouth. You know the lies that um, Rob has told. I mean, they're all allegations right now. But this is like a pretty blatant, obvious lie right. here. And is this so? You're saying that this is actually recorded? Him saying this, giving this. Story. I mean, it's it's it was on the Lakers fully publicized that little clip. It was on their Instagram. It was on their social media. So, every everyone had access to see him say that. Yeah. And so, I mean, 
this obviously makes him look like a dumbass, yeah. but how how potentially damaging could this be for Rob's future tenure here? You're talking about this GM? article. Yeah. Or this dark this dark night. Let's let's start with the let's start with the dark night lie. <laughs> and then let's branch on to the rest of the article. I mean honestly, I don't think I don't think this Dark Knight thing is is a big. I mean, I don't think it's like a big deal in a sense that's like he's gonna lose his job over it. It's just another brick on this little brick house that we're building, of this house that we're building of him basically being a complete liar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a very bright one. It's like in a in a house of brick lies. It's it's like this bright yellow brick that's lying in the house you know well we are in a period where the lakers have been on continuous damage control over the past you know couple of months and so this is another thing that's adding to that yep yep so it's just making it worse yeah um yeah and i think honestly like with it like with the thing with magic um that's more damaging because it's it's a revealing of like his treatment of his employees, right? This, while still bad because he's a liar, it's, I mean, he was trying to motivate these players in a weird way, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it's something where people are going to be like, oh, you know, he's, we, you know, we got to get rid of him for this. Um, it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of like a, a, a black eye, I would say. It just makes him look even worse than he usually seem you know he already he's already been looking really bad these days but yeah you know it's just another thing that's on his list you know so i will say this isolated event it's like it's not as bad as just the overall picture from this article that's painting him is that i don't know how much he's going to recover from this you know um because your whole job as a front office executive as a gm is the like communication you know being able to talk and communicate with the Everybody, the players, other front office execs, um, owners, like everything there. And the fact that he, it's shown that his ability to communicate is compromised and that he can't be trusted is, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can recover from that, you know? Right. And we're, we're in a particular juncture where the Lakers are getting ready for a huge summer mm-hmm. in terms of the free agent market and to have a gm in place that is known to lie can't be trusted that's got to affect uh the prospects of saying some of these big names right oh absolutely and and you know and i think it's a good segue into another huge portion of that article which is how much his lying and really actually you got to include magic in that or even LeBron's camp in that, you know, yeah. this basically just letting the players, the, especially the young players, feel like they're just basically just garbage, you know? Yeah. Their names have been like dragged through the mud the whole season, you know, just in constant trade speculation. Um, and that's just been hugely damaging, you know, for, for the, the whole psyche of the team and, and, the relationship between the players and the Lakers. In particular, a very, very important piece in Brandon Ingram. 
Right. So he is reportedly, you know, the the lore of the allure of playing for the Lakers has kind of dimmed, lost a bit of shine for Brandon Ingram, sure. uh, allegedly. And uh, as big of a Ingram stand as you are, I mean that might, you know. Well, I. How I, do you react to to the alleged reports that? Brandon Ingram would be okay well, to be traded. Well, I don't blame him. Like, I, if, if anything, I have respect for him because this is a guy who's kind of like putting his foot down, you know? He's saying like, this is, you know, it's like, it, it's like when you're in a relationship with someone and, you know, you just get shit on nonstop. You know, I don't and you, know that feeling. But... <laughs> you know, and, you know, if if you're not familiar with being in a relationship like that, but you know, just imagine that. Like, if you're in a relationship with with someone and this person doesn't appreciate you, this person's always constantly looking over his or her shoulder. Like, is constantly like checking out other people while they're in a relationship with you. You know, you can't help but be like. Well, fuck, you know, I know my value. I'm not going to stick around for this, you know? And obviously, it's not an apples-to-apples direct analogy, but it's very similar, you know? It's a relationship, you know, a player in his franchise, you know? And especially a, a, a player of the magnitude and potential of Brandon Ingram, um, it's, it's got to just... It's, it can't feel good at all to, you know, to be dragged through the mud like that. So I've been friend-zoned, but I don't think I've ever... I've never been abused in a relationship, so... Yeah, well, I mean, maybe abuse is a... Or, like, is psychological... Strong, I mean, maybe abuse like is a strong... somebody. Yeah, maybe abuse is a strong word to use, but I don't think even if you haven't been abused, sort of, quote-unquote, abused, it's not hard to understand and imagine a situation like that. You know, yeah. anybody who has respect for themselves would know that if they're in a relationship with someone and you just notice... You know, it's like they don't outwardly say... You know, hey, I, I don't think we should be, I don't think we should be together. They don't outwardly break up with you, but you can just tell that they're kind of lukewarm with you versus you being very gung ho and like all in on the relationship. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like dragging on something that sure. shouldn't. Yeah, continue. I don't think that's a foreign thing, and and like that's essentially what this is right here. You know? Yeah. This Lakers are keeping their options open, whereas Brandon Ingram, I think since he was drafted, was like. I'm ready to retire as a Laker. You know what I mean? Yeah, there were no indications prior to like the season. That of course not. I, I don't think anyone would have those kinds of indications if they if you get drafted into a team like the Lakers. You yeah. know, but you know, with everything that's come come to light, it's like I, I can't help but blame, uh, or I can't blame Brandon Ingram, um, and I can respect how he feels. You know, because it's only human to to feel that way. I yeah. feel. I mean, it was not too long ago that. Being drafted to the Lakers meant something extra, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now it means it does a totally mean, different thing. Actually, it doesn't mean extra. It does mean extra. It just means extra drama. Yeah, you know? it's to- it's a totally different a feeling now. I feel like yeah. for players to be drafted to the Lakers. Yeah. You know, uh, one one of the other things that was interesting to read in this article was how Majinka basically operated uh, without consulting you know other people at all and um there was a particular story about uh this past year's draft when um they decided to draft mo wagner 
right. when the entire war room thought that they were going to pick Omari Spellman. They instead. were very clear that Omari Spellman was the guy to get. Yeah, and and then you know uh, Adam Silver steps to the podium and say said the Lakers select Maurice Wagner and. Right. Which you also, could have heard a pin drop in that war room. Because which also, so by shocked. the way, I mean, is it normal for the GM and the president of basketball operations to be in a different room than the other team? I'm not sure, but I, I feel like that why? sounded off to me. Yeah, that sounded weird. Like, why is there like a difference like that? Yeah, so that was another uh, somewhat rather eye-opening revelation in this article. Um, if you haven't read the article, I would suggest... Uh, you know, taking a few minutes to check it out because there were a lot of things that were written. Um, it was a pretty comprehensive timeline of the entire Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka era for the Lakers. Well, you, you know, well, back to that, uh, Mo, you know, Mo Wagner and the Omari Spellman uh, fiasco, I felt like, you know, it all, it, it kind of like threw Josh Hart on, under the bus too. Yeah, I mean, he had to do some damage control. He did some of his own damage control. Yeah, so, let, you know, so just to give some background to that, you know, so the team, um, you know, was at consensus before the draft that Omari Spellman would, would be the, the, the kid to draft if he was available. Villanova forward Omari Spellman. Right. Um, but lo and behold, um, Palinka had... Uh, done some extra due diligence and sought out Josh Hart, who happened to be former teammates of Spellman, which in and itself is it's a smart thing to do, you know? Yeah. But Josh Hart had revealed, um, you know, obviously in private, that he did have some concerns about, I don't know what it was, whether it was about conditioning or... He basically just, he conceded that there were some... Um, Question marks, right? It alluded to Josh Hart uh, basically bad-mouthing his former teammate. Right. Which led to them drafting Wagner instead of... <laughs> which, by the Spellman. way, you know, Josh Hart and Omari Spellman are... I mean, they're supposed, to be, they're supposed to be bros, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, just super they, close. they squashed it out on Twitter today. Yeah. If you, if you didn't catch that. Okay, so what was Josh Hart's response to that? Um, he said that there are snakes everywhere, blah blah blah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think they squashed it out. So no, that's good. They're they're good. Yeah. Um, but this is just adding to the overall distrust that players are going to feel towards this front office. Yeah, as a player, it's just not. It this is not a confidence building type of article. Yeah. Um, who do you think this, like, what is a bigger damaging or dam, damning, like, article to, do you think? Does it... Between Magic and Palinka? Yeah. I mean, on one hand, Palinka's still employed by the Lakers, you know? So it's, right. he still has uh, room to cause more negative impacts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know? But just strictly this article and... Uh, Future, uh, future impacts uh, taking not taking into account. I would say Magic Johnson. Mm. He's he comes off as the bigger asshole in this article. So Mo- Palinka just comes off as a liar. Yeah, because there's. I mean, 
he he doesn't he doesn't uh, verbally abuse his coworkers. He just ignores them completely. <laughs> but Magic yeah. Johnson abuses his coworkers. Yeah, you know, Polinka strikes me actually. It's weird. Like he has qualities where I feel like, yeah, we kind of do need that as a front office executive. You know what I mean? But there's actually something almost too robotic about his like behavior. You know what I mean? It makes it sound like his little anecdotes about, you know, with Bible stories and like inspirational. It's like it comes off as like disingenuous. It comes off like very robotic. It comes off like weird. You know what I mean? Almost like he's a fucking robot. And it's like, stop trying to pretend like you're human because you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, well, let me ask you something. Um, let's say that Magic and Rob were your coworkers. <clears throat> Who would you hate more? Oh, I would hate Magic Johnson way yeah. more. So that's why I would say that this was yeah. a bigger, a bigger damaging piece to but, Magic Johnson. But you know, I would still hate Rob though. You know? No. Oh yeah, for sure. Like for example, like we didn't talk about this though. This was, like, this fucking boggled my mind too when I read this. Um, the fact that Rob Polinka sat in like player coach meetings. Right. And the players were uncomfortable about that. Yeah. For obvious reasons, right? We don't even need to go into that. Like, yeah. And how Luke Walton came, you know, he took Rob Polinka inside and said, like, you know, this is really not appropriate. Rob Polinka straight up fucking said that Bob Myers would do that with the Warriors. Which and, was another lie. Just bold, <laughs> bold-faced lie. Like, yeah. just absolute, just lying through his fucking teeth. You know what I mean? So, it's it's nutty, man. It's nutty that he would. Li- I mean, I I would be. I'm gonna say this right now. When I'm read, if I'm Rob Polinka's wife and I'm reading this shit, I'm a little concerned right now. I'm a little concerned because, for me, a compulsive liar does not just compulsively lie about their job, like on the job. Yeah. You're not going to just, you don't just compartmentalize and just lie about that, you know? I Like, all kinds of alarm bells would be ringing in my head. Like, I'd be like, okay, this guy has obviously been caught in so many lies, yet you're telling me when he comes home from work, he's just, he just comes with, he just brings it with all truth? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a compulsive liar, but, there, uh, I mean, according to this article, I mean, Maddie Johnson put people into therapy and shit by the way yeah. he acted you know yeah. Yeah. there was a story of a 20 plus year laker employee who had to quit because of the the right. fear-mongering that magic johnson was you know yeah. ruling with you yeah. know so i feel like that's just way worse which by the way and if you're listening and and if you have not had that much work experience and you don't think that you think that's a little overblown Trust me, like that fucks with your entire life. Yeah, when yeah. you work under a superior who is like just a complete asshat and is just a terrible pers- person to work with, it's hundred percent believable that these people would be seeking counsel and like therapy. It's hundred percent believable, you know. Yeah, and someone of his stature, it's like totally believable that they would fear retaliation if they were to ever speak up against him mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. 
So I believe this article from that standpoint. Um, you know, one thing that I will give credit to Magic Johnson is he did refute today the the claim that he was a lazy president, and he's saying, you know, I've I've made X amount of millions of dollars. I've had this many businesses. There's no way I can be lazy. Mm-hmm. Talked about how his dad was a GM employee for 30 plus years, came from the Midwest, and he was instilled, you know, values of working hard. And, you know, to to a degree, I do believe that he's not a lazy guy. Just the results themselves speak to that. Right. Uh, but but all of this other, uh, I do think he was unqualified for the job. And I think that's when, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, that's what did him in. I mean, the thing is, too, is like, well, I guess they are claiming that he's lazy. It's just kind of like you're refuting a like he was basically refuting everything, but it's like to just disprove the part of laziness is like refuting like only the the icing of the cake. Like the main ingredients and the main, you know what I mean? Like the big portion of this big ass shit cake is still very much damning, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. This article also um Talked a little bit about Genie Bus. Okay. Uh, one source quoted that uh, she doesn't give things the proper weight and attention, in my opinion, as she should. Also uh, alluded to how her homegirl Linda Rambis the is shadow owner. a shadow owner of the Lakers. And... Uh, that she's basically made up her mind to uh, kind of constantly go back to the well of former Lakers, you know. So that's a big concern. Well, forward. hold on a second. Not former Lakers. Former Lakers that are not named the greatest GM of all time, Jerry <laughs> yeah. West. Right? If there was any former Laker, <laughs> I mean, it's you crazy. Would want to turn to it's crazy. By the way, you know, Jerry Jerry West um, re-upped with the Clippers. And um, I think I sent you this also. Um, and, and I did want to talk a little bit about free agency. Um, so Vegas odds, they, they do post odds of, you know, they have these prop bets of like which free agents are going to sign where. And it was recently posted that... Uh, the Clippers are pretty strong favorites to land Kawhi Leonard this summer. What was it? Minus two hundred. Uh, there. I saw a couple of um, I saw a couple of odds being posted, uh, but from they different were, from different books. For different books, but and they were uh, they were different, but the Clippers were both favorites. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's a huge huge sign that. There's probably some insider information that the Lakers are gonna or the Clippers are gonna sign Kawhi. I mean, on on the surface, I mean, uh, for one, it like makes no sense because who like you know the Clippers have never historically gotten. Any yeah, agents. but look, you know Vegas odds they had brand. Yeah, minus four hundred. They had brand taking the Iron Throne after like episode three of season eight. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they know shit. They know shit. They know shit. Yeah. And uh, on a on, on a lot of levels, it makes sense because they're like the more stable organization at the moment. 
which is a tough fucking pill to swallow if you're a Laker fan. Yeah. Uh, there were other odds that were posted. Um, according to... Uh, when the next lie from Robert Palenka is? <laughs> <laughs> Will it be before June? <laughs> oh, that's like minus 10,000 right there. They probably wouldn't even post that. Too many people would take that. Uh, so according to the books... It appears that Vegas believes that the summer will shake out with the Lakers getting Anthony Davis, but no other big free agents. Okay. The That's Lakers a- aren't favored for any other big name other than Anthony Davis. I mean, that's... And if we only get... If we get no one else but Anthony Davis, I still feel like that's a win, right? Yeah. I guess depending on the price. Right. right. Um, I mean, the, there's been talks about like a Lakers offering a package for Bradley Beal that looks very similar to like yeah, <laughs> like what we would be offering AD. Really? Because I was it's just gonna crazy. It's, well, I was just gonna say that I wouldn't mind getting Bradley Beal, even though he is a huge ass contract. He's still an All Star level player. Would you do Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and the number four pick for Bradley no, Beal? No. That's kind of like the report. There's no way offer. I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Would you do Brandon Ingram and the number four pick for Bradley no, Beal? No, I wouldn't do that. I don't think he's worth that. I mean, that. I, I was going to ask if you do Lonzo and number four for Bradley Beal. Yes. And I already know your answer yes, to that Yes, I would do that. Yeah. You would do that, right? Um... You got to do that. I think so. I yeah. think so. Because Bradley Beal as well, he's like 25. I think he still has a, like a lot of Yeah, and he's a fantastic shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we kind of touched on last time, the how the draft is looking at number four, it, it doesn't appear that there's a clear future all-star there. There's a big, there's question marks with all of these guys. So yeah. if that's the case, then you might have to, You'd have to entertain the thought of trading that pick for right. uh, someone who's proven to be an all-star, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, I did want to talk about the playoffs. Oh, is there, is there finals? Is there's there NBA finals? I didn't realize. Played. I didn't realize that. You know, if there's anything that I learned so far in these 2019 playoffs is that you can never underestimate the fact that there are levels to players, even within those rankings where we place, uh, where we label players as superstars, there's even levels among superstars. Yeah. And that was never clearer than this uh, Toronto Raptors Milwaukee Bucks playoff series. Yeah, and just 100% correct, and to further your point, though, it's just that, it's this, is that one player just has so much impact, you know? No other sport is like this, you know? Um, the impact that one player can have on, on the team and in the playoffs is is insane. Like, I don't think people realize just how much influence a player like Kawhi, like Giannis, you know, like a Steph Curry can have, you know, versus another superstar like James Harden, you know, like, you know, 
whoever, right? Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I would consider I mean, I consider Giannis a superstar at this point. Without a doubt. Right? Wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. He's gonna win the MVP, I think. Yeah. This year. So that will even elevate his status even more. But at the same time it was pretty apparent that there was a difference between Giannis and Kawhi in terms of readiness. Well, know? I was gonna say, I just and I remember I remember we talked about this a couple of pods ago, you know, and I said like this thing about the playoffs being a real like thing that you kinda have to like a monster you kinda have to like slay. It's so real, you know? Yeah. That's why like you know, on paper, the Bucks absolutely, you know, seem like the better team than the the Raptors. Don't get me wrong; I'm not surprised that the Raptors won. Um, but the Bucks on paper just was such a it's top top to bottom was so good, you know. But I knew right off the bat, like the idea of a first year quote unquote superstar coming into a superstar status, yeah, uh, a first year coach, um making it to the finals is just it just doesn't happen in the nba you know it happens but it doesn't happen immediately yeah you know uh we or it doesn't happen often yeah it doesn't happen often either uh we talked about this many podcasts ago um there's you know you can group players like top whatever like the top level Tiers. Uh, top tier. Yeah. Um, when you ask who are the best players in the game, that's uh, you have to kind of contextualize that question a lot. Okay. Um, you know, there's there's a question like, who's the top? Who are the top players in the like? If I ask you this question, like, who are the top NBA players in today's game? What would your answer be? Um, LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant. Kawhi, and I, you know, that list is fluid. I would have put James. I would have had to put James Harden in that top three too, but not anymore. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm saying it's like it, it's different. It's different if you're saying like for this year. It's different if you're saying um, if I if I was to make a championship run mm-hmm. or to to start a team from scratch. Moving forward, then you add someone like Anthony Davis into that list, right? Sure. Uh, but if we're strictly talking about like to win today, who would you group in that top tier? I think you know we we touched on this like a, a while back, but there's really only four players I feel like you can put on the absolute absolute elite tier. Right. Uh, you know LeBron, Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard and Steph Curry. I think, you know, that's the top four right now mm-hmm. in terms of, like, if you had a team, if you had to assemble a team that would win you a championship this year, it doesn't, uh, there's, there's no other player that can be on the level of these top four guys at the moment. Uh, there are other superstars, though. If you're talking... If you're asking us, like, who are the superstars in today's game, then the list expands a little bit more, you know. Then you add a James Harden, then you add a Giannis, right. and Anthony Davis. I think, to me, those are the seven superstars in today's game. And then yeah. some might even argue, like, Paul George, or, like, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know who else you can throw into that mix, but um, it was made clear in these Eastern Conference Finals that there was a difference between Giannis and Kawhi. Yeah. Um, And it's so crazy how results can influence how, like, storylines are spun, you know? Narratives. Because, Because, yeah, narratives. Because now it's like there's reports about... Sources say that Giannis might have to consider, you know, leaving the Milwaukee Bucks right. when he becomes a free agent and blah blah right. blah, just because he they didn't advance to the finals. Yeah. And whereas just a couple of weeks ago, it was like articles about his love affair with Milwaukee, right? Or like who can guard him? Yeah, you know. But also like how he just loves the city, like how like he's not going anywhere. That they're building something very special out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, we can all bring this back to the Lakers because all of this shit is, you know, being thrown into the media because the Lakers missed the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Like, had had the Lakers, you know, made a pretty decent playoff run, let's say they got booted out in the second round. I would say that a lot of stuff would be different today. Uh, mm. We might even still have a president of basketball operations. Right now, uh, the play, the young core might not be as quote unquote rattled by all the trade rumor talk that happened at the trade deadline. So it all just depends on like the results on how like stories are made. Uh, but as it is now, you know, the Lakers had a, had a tough year, missed the playoffs. And so now we're stuck with this, uh, Never-ending drama. Never-ending shit show. Of damage control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are today. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else uh, you wanted to talk yeah, about? Yeah, you know, I just, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next week. Because literally this, it's like, we don't need to come up with things, you know? Yeah. It just happens in real well, time. Well, Magic did say that he wasn't going to come on ESPN again until... <laughs> after free agency really yeah okay he was he's saying we gotta stop being in the news which is kind of funny because you know, yeah you know it's it, really every funny. tweet every tweet that magic <laughs> posts it's like fodder for like yeah media scrutiny you know it, and you said this a while back too and i 100 percent agree too but he's just like a big kid you know what i mean and i don't i 100 percent agree and believe that he is a true Laker at heart. You know what I mean? He doesn't have, like, ulterior motives in terms of, like... Like, does he wish ill will towards the franchise? No, he doesn't. Like, this is a guy who... He, he, he's absolutely loyal to the, the franchise. He loves his franchise. It's like he, his whole, you know, young adulthood was spent like yeah you know like he built his empire largely due to his success as a laker you know so he 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 loves the franchise but it's a but yeah, yeah the you but? know the but is that like at the same time he i think he i don't it's not even i think i just know it's like his ego has been so bruised that he's felt like he needs to like speak out for himself you know and yeah. that's what he's doing right now, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think he wants what's best for the Lakers. I think he wants the Lakers to keep continue this winning tradition. Yeah. But 
I think that he wanted to do it his way on his terms. And when it didn't work out, he still came out and did a lot of damage to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean... Trying to save face. Do you think that he would... He would have gone as far as to like sabotage things to get his way. I don't think so. Like, would he have? He's... Would he have pulled um, a 2004 NBA Finals Kobe? I don't think on so. On his Lakers team? No, I don't think so. I don't feel like. I mean, you never know. Maybe, yeah, you never know. You know, he he does have a he is he does have a huge ego. Yeah, but it's like. It's different. Like, is he? Yeah, he has an ego, but for example, like, is he a compulsive liar like Rob Polinka? You know what I mean? Like, there's different. It's like they're not mutually exclusive things. Like, you yeah. know, it's not. I, I don't feel like it's in his nature to be doing stuff like that. You know, I think Magic is a pretty bad liar. Yeah, like yeah, we can yeah. see through a lot of right. stuff he says. Right. Well, again, he's like a big kid. I feel like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's a very he's a bit of a simpleton, really, you know. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I hate to, you know, keep having <laughs> these negative podcasts. You know? Well, you know, we could have a very positive podcast. At least two of them, which is when the draft happens and when free agency happens. Yeah. Did, so, have you have you looked into these draft prospects anymore at all? So, I don't know, I feel like from looking at, like you said, I, I feel like there's just no surefire all-star. Yeah. You know, there's never really a surefire all-star unless like it's like a Zion Williamson type of player, but it's just not looking like there's really anything right now. Um, Are you excited by any of these prospects? No, I, I think I'm more excited of the idea of what we could get in a package when we sh- if we were to ship out the number four pick. Yeah. Because it's such a valuable pick. I mean, you know, whatever we feel about how, you know, how good these prospects are, there's always a team out there that's going to be enamored about some of these young players. Always, you know? Mm-hmm. So this it's still got a ton of value. Um, and that's always a good thing for the Lakers. Yeah. 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 So maybe positive news ahead for the Lakers. <laughs> um, this is like our first podcast in a while that we didn't talk Game of Thrones at all. Yeah. Um, so you know that's baby steps. That's kind of a positive. I, <laughs> I guess we don't have to shit on a TV show. Have you? Um, and I started watching um, uh, Chernobyl. How was that? It's uh, well, I only watched the first episode, but it seems really promising. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's high. It's been highly regarded so far. Okay. So the you know, trying to find another TV show to uh, latch onto now that Game of Thrones is is done. Yeah. Um, they just it was just actually reported that um, Kit Harrington was checked into rehab. I saw that, which is kind of crazy. I saw that. Yeah, but it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. like the highs of like being on a show like that. Yeah, it's and then like yeah. it being gone. Right. Is, absolutely. Like, would be really hard to deal with. For sure. Like a lot of athletes, they go through that too. Like once they retire, they like once they retire have a bout of depression too. Yeah. And that's like, let's just hope he gets better. Um, 
hopefully how the show ended <laughs> didn't uh, contribute to no i think actually i think everybody comes out of it looking really good except for the writers yeah everybody i i mean you can't help but just commend the acting the acting has been amazing the uh the cinematography the directing the the costume the just the visual effects everything is just top notch the, the guy that did the music the what, music oh my name? god ramin oh yeah yeah, yeah it's it, yeah you can't say anything about it other than that it's just been like award worthy like he they gotta yeah they all deserve all the all kinds of accolades except for the writers so yeah. that guy ramin he did the music for uh westworld, westworld. yeah yep. yeah yeah you know and i even saw the uh what is it it's, i think it's called behind the throne documentary for Oh yeah, I, I missed that. How was that? <laughs> it's like so stupid. Even th- I mean, I was watching with a friend. And I was just saying how like even they couldn't get this fucking documentary. It was so boring. It was so stupid. Yeah, what did they talk about? Oh, they like the final season. Or? Yeah, they they covered the final season, but it's just the way like they they were covering like certain like people that were working on the show. They didn't really highlight like there was no like Cersei, there was no Jamie Lannister, you know the the actors that were playing them like. There were no major characters that were highlighted. I well, maybe with the exception of like a little bit of Daenerys and Jon Snow, uh, Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington. But uh-huh. like, other than that, they just focused in on like these guys that were like, like one guy that was in charge of snow on the location. One, you know, one lady that was in charge of I think like makeup, and they just like honed in and focused in. And one guy that was an extra on the sh- on the the show. They just honed in on their lives and like their backstory. And I'm just thinking like it's great stories. They're, they seem really cool, but it's like I don't really care, you know. I mean, shout out to the crew for sure. Yeah, but, you know. Right. At, at the same time, it's kind of goes in line with our suspicions of D and D pretty much mailing it in mm-hmm. for this uh, final yeah. season. I mean, I don't know how much they had um, involvement in that documentary, but I just gotta say, man. All around failure. So we we couldn't avoid it. We still talked about Game of Thrones, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Well, you know, you, you you've been harping on like how good the music has been for the show. Yeah. Um you know what movie I recently watched again? Um Her. No, but that that, yeah. that was scored that was an awesome score. For yeah, it sure. was. Um one of uh in my mind, and I think you're gonna agree, like one of the best movies that have come out in a long time mm-hmm. um the music was really on point for this movie and uh it was uh i think my favorite uh christopher nolan movie inception okay. oh and yeah. uh hans zimmer did the score oh that. so and good just, yeah like you said like the music makes such a difference such a like, difference that's so good uh you know if you're watching a movie or a tv show yeah yeah, and just watching that movie again. I mean, like, that movie wow. has such a tremendous influence on other films. Like, some of it kind of unfortunate. Like, you know, that tra- even that trailer was so fucking amazing that, like... Oh, I don't remember the trailer. Yeah, well, you know, they kind of... Like, the whole music with the... You know, that that, oh, that, yeah. that, that, that made its way into every fucking movie and trailer, Were you know? Were they the first to do that? I mean, it's maybe not necessarily the first, but they certainly popularized that whole, like, sound effect, yeah. you know? And, like... Yeah, it's hilarious, you know. But like you said, yeah, it's just so good. So yeah. Okay, so on that note, I mean, I think we ended on positive. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's sad when we got to go reach out to like 
<laughs> other like pop culture and like thank you christopher nolan for <laughs> giving us a positive to end this podcast on yep. uh so yeah we'll just uh keep our keep our eyes and ears open to uh see what comes next out of uh lakerland so yep. with that said um thank you guys for listening and uh we will check in with you guys next time peace out thank you for tuning into 81 points We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.